welcome, welcome everybody to our new podcast, Guided Thoughts. We're on episode three right now. And if you guys missed episode two last week, we just covered a bunch of different personal stories in our journey of life, right? So we talked about the many different times we moved around, the many different jobs that we've had and, and different things like that. So definitely if you didn't listen to that, go back to last week's episode and catch that. So I noticed that Kristen didn't really get to say um, her part about moving around a lot, but before we get to that, we'll just do a very short intro of who we are. So if you guys don't know me, my name is Liz Diaz de Leon. I was an ex-TV producer turned online entrepreneur, and I've been doing that for the last four years, more business coach, and really explored so many different online things. And I really love online and what it can provide. And that's how me and Kristen met. So Kristen, if you want to do um, a short intro to yourself and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kristen Bright. Uh, my background is in psychology. I will talk about the different things that I did. I did a few different different things with psychology, but ended up now kind of going more the entrepreneur route and diving into personal development and lots of different projects. And I love that we met through the online space and now we're doing this together. So it's so awesome. So my passion is for psychology and personal development and mentoring people. So that's me in a nutshell. And yeah, so last week was fun when we talked about the different jobs and moving around. So I moved around a lot, but not to different states. I did make one big move, but I I was in Wisconsin for most of my life in the last going on six years, I'm in Arizona, but I moved around like just different towns, different schools, things like that. I actually went to three different high schools. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I like to move around. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about kind of the jobs that I had. I kind of like had to really think because I, I switched around a lot, kind of trying different things, but and how, what did I do in high school? So in high school, I did a few different things. So my first ever job was a gymnastics coach. So I coached little kids in gymnastics. I was a gymnast growing up and that was really fun. And it was really easy because it was something that I totally love and I love working with kids. Um, besides that, what else did I do? Uh, wow. That's pretty awesome. Sure. Yeah. It's the typical first job that most I know. people have, you know, and I, I always, I told myself, I don't want to work in like a fast food place or something. I know like right. a lot of kids start that way, but I just, I don't know. I just, there's something about it. I just wanted to do, do something different. So I did that. I did work in a restaurant. It was a hostess in high school. That was a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, so I was a server later on, like in college, but I feel like being a hostess was hard. Like the servers are always mad at you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But I had that. And then my favorite job, and this is actually, I was thinking about this before we got on here is when I was a senior in high school, and this is actually where I fell in love with psychology. I took a psychology class my senior year and my teacher, his wife owned a salon and he ended up getting me a job there. So I was a receptionist there for a couple of years and I loved that job. Oh my gosh. I was, all I did was like play with makeup and play with hair stuff. It was so easy. And I got a big discount. It's getting my hair done, my nails done. So cheap. I love that. Well, let me ask yeah. you, what was the hardest job that you had? Okay. Hardest job. Being a server was pretty hard. So I did that in college, but I would say, okay, there's so many. So I did autism work. I did, oh, I was a shot girl at a, at a bar. 
That I, was that's hard. my friend. I know what you're yes. talking about. My friend did that. Oh my gosh. That one was crazy. I was just talking with a friend about that the other day. We, oh my gosh, it was so, like we had to wear this skimpy little outfit and walk around with the trays of shots. And at some point I worked like a beer tub or something like that. I made such <laughs> good money, but you know what we would do? It's so funny. We would trick, trick people. So if you're listening and you go to bars and you, there's shot girls, so they would um, offer to buy you a shot, but instead of t- taking oh, the gosh, shot, which like we, water we, would just, we just filled it with water and put yeah. a little food coloring in to make it look. And then like the, the last row was fake. <laughs> so you just pocket the money. So oh, anyway, <laughs> you know yeah, what? So you I, had, <laughs> I had a, I had a manager once tell me, um, when I worked at a restaurant that you can never trust a cocktail waitress or something like that. It's true. It's true. That was like the, one of the first things that they taught me when I started it. Because at oh, first, Lord. I'm trying to think, I think at first I was taking the shots and then it was, that was a disaster. And then they said, no, we don't do that. This is what we do. Come back here. We'll help you make your fake ones. I'm like, this is crazy. But yeah, that happens. So Right. I remember <laughs> when I worked at my cocktail serving job, um, whenever we did have our own break, you know, we'd go down to like a bar or restaurant down the street. We would have like a few drinks ourselves. Like I'd have a, a dirty martini or two. And I do notice, I did notice that my memory was much more worse. If I had a drink on my break and came back, it just yeah. put more work on myself. I had, I'd have to go back to the computer, rethink about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise my memory was so good. I could take like a 10 top order and not have to write it down. I, it just, it built. Yeah. I was not good at that. When I was a server, I was, I, I was the person when you're not supposed to write anything down. I was the person that just had to write it down. <laughs> I forget everything. That's funny. So, you know, I, I actually, um, there was like 10 more jobs that I had that I didn't mention on last week's oh episode. Gosh. I know, but is that, so is that pretty much it? Like a different jobs for you? Oh, let's see. What else did I do? So I, so we already heard last week I did, I worked with autism and I worked um, in the EAP space. And then I worked at a hospital doing, I felt like I got a different job within the same hospital, like every six months. Like I always was somebody that wanted to promote and do more. And I just like, I just went for it. That's kind of just been my thing is always leveling up. So I did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff there. And then we, I became a stay at home mom. So I got out of the workforce and then decided I wanted to get back in years later and did the job where I was um, managing the psych clinic. So that was, we talked about that already though. Mm-hmm. And what else then? Yeah. What else did I do? Did you have any that you would describe as just like a completely random job? Well, recently I started doing kind of some random stuff. I, so I started just finding furniture off the side of the road and painting it and then selling it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, I love, I love hands-on creative stuff where you can just kind of zone out. It's like a form of meditation. So it is. Yeah. I absolutely love doing that. So I haven't done it in a while because I'm doing some other things, but I, it's so funny. Like once a month we have this thing called bulk trash in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. and people just can, can put anything out that the garbage wouldn't take or if it's junk or whatever. And I was like one of those people like driving around picking up other people's <laughs> stuff like we live in a pretty nice neighborhood so it's kind right. of like I, I gotta like disguise myself <laughs> right it's, that kind of reminds me as the episode of hoarders where this person just yeah. goes around <laughs> but you know I'm in Los Angeles and I love going to thrift stores too me too I, I've always loved that and in LA especially people give away like pretty nice things mm-hmm. you know, barely worn so it's you know you can get you can find 
I like the idea of like hunting for something. Yes. So I, do I. No, yeah. I'm obsessed with thrift shops. I, I go that, to thrift shops like sometimes every single day. <laughs> I just think it's so fun. That's what me and my boyfriend would describe like a fun day hanging. Yes. I mean, not since everything's happened, you know, things have shut down, but a fun day for us would be like thr- jumping from thrift store to thrift store and, and just looking at like the fun, unique stuff that they have, the random mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I, I just love it. No, I've, got my daughter into it now. So now we get to go thrifting together. It's so fun. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, I'm just doing my own businesses. I did meal prep for people for a while, just stuff like that. But yeah, I, I have just found out that I cannot sit at a desk. I just can't do it. And I have to have multiple things going on at the same time to feel, you know, really good and fulfilled. So that's, that's why I'm a serial entrepreneur now. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I feel like job switching is, a creative entrepreneur sign. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty um, normal to find out that an entrepreneur has had many many jobs in their life. That's not unheard of, right? Because they're looking for always looking for new opportunities and new ways to learn and grow and network and to do different things. I wouldn't. I I can't imagine being in the same exact job for years and years and years. It just sounds so boring to me. Right. And I think you just, you can't be scared, you know, for people that find themselves stuck in that same nine to five and maybe there's reasons why they can't, or they think they can't get out mm-hmm. of it, or maybe they have a, you, you just can't be scared. You got to go for it. If you're not happy in your work environment and your work environment is about 70% of your waking life, you know, Monday through Friday, how many hours a day you, you, that's going to, that is definitely going to alter your mood. Like you got to choose something that you're relatively, not that it's going to be perfect, but that you're relatively happy in. You have to. Right. If you're spending that much time and then just think of the, what it takes out of you and how drained you are at the end of the day, are you ever going to do anything that brings you joy because you're going to be so tired you just put it off and then you go to bed and you do it again the next day. And that's not living to me. So I, I really, I really like to encourage people to, if they feel, if, if they feel stuck, they don't, you don't have to stay stuck. You can do anything you want. You can go anywhere. You can try something new. You don't have to overthink it. You can just make a decision and roll with the decision. You know, if it wasn't the right thing, try again. Yeah. And I feel, I feel, do you think that what percentage of jobs did you get because you knew somebody like say, because people, I always think that people are so valuable. Relationships are so valuable. Mm-hmm. Like how many jobs have you had that somebody told you about or, or helped you get, or even just clued you into the process versus jobs that you've completely gotten a hundred percent on your own. Like I know for me, I've done both, but it's a lot more geared towards people that have kind of told me about something, kind of helped me with the process. Yeah, I would say the same for me. I only have a couple jobs that I just went and got on my own without, you know, somebody, you know, cluing me into it. Yeah, I I think that's so important. And that's why I think it's really great. If you, I'm not saying everybody should job hop. It's not right for everybody, but (laughs) when you, when you do, you open up such a huge network. So I have clients that I work with now that are bosses from like jobs that I had and all that. It's just really, it's just so cool. So it's like, you never know who you're going to meet. So if you just keep your, you know, work circle and network so small, it's hard to find new opportunities in other areas because you just don't, your world is too small. Absolutely. Okay. So a very interesting thing. I just wanted to quickly go over some things that I noticed um, listening to last week's episode. So again, you guys go back and watch that. You know, something that we were talking about that we'll cover much later on is the idea of soulmates and how to, what happens when you see one, interact with one. So 
if any of you guys um, have heard of this author, he's one of my favorites, uh, Paulo Coelho. He's a really interesting backstory as well, but all of his books are spiritual and different things. He's also the author of The Alchemist, which is probably one of his most famous books, but he has so many others. So when I talked about last week about this flash of light that I saw when I met this person, so I this has happened to me about three times and actually not with my current boyfriend who we've been together for seven years. He is a soulmate of mine, but this has happened with other people, but not necessarily that it turned into anything. So when I experienced this thing though, I didn't really know what it was. It wasn't until years later that I actually picked up this. I was traveling. I was actually um, traveling through Nepal and they had, you know, in the little cafe at this place that we were staying had a bookshelf, which is books that travelers could put there when they were done with them and grab new books. So I found a Paulo Coelho book called Brita. So if you, if any of you guys want to pick this book up, it's all about soulmates. And it talked about this, what I had experienced. It talked about seeing that light. Um, they, they talked about seeing it in someone, someone's eyes or also seeing it over their shoulder. So when I saw it, it was, it was different um, all the times, but that was really interesting. I read about it in that book after I experienced it. So you guys definitely go pick up that book. When you when you said that about when you said about the soulmates when you said a soulmate not my, like one soulmate I think a lot of people have this idea or notion that you have one soulmate but that is that's not true you you can have a lot of different soulmates and they don't have to be romantic they can be right. friendships there's there's so much to it and I always uh, get a little frustrated when I hear people say but he's not my soulmate or you know thinking that there's one person out there that's right for them, that's their soulmate. There's, there's so many people that you might connect that deeply with, and it's just interesting. Yeah, in the book also, in the book Brita, it talks about how a soulmate isn't necessarily exactly what you just said, isn't someone that is your end-all be-all, but it's someone that is put in your life to teach you a life mm -hmm. lesson, something very important, something that you might really grow from so it's it's more to do with that it doesn't mean there's this you know it's, it's only that person and I really don't believe in that either I also kind of changed my vocabulary a lot when I think about relationships when I talk about them I used to you know I'm, I'm a very romantic type of person so I used to always say forever you know when I was yeah. especially my first relationships I thought forever you know and that didn't happen so I don't really say forever now I say like, well, you never know, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Like you never know what's going to happen 10 years from now. You just don't. So I, I don't, and that's not a sad thing, but I, I don't say forever anymore. When I talk about even my relationship now, I don't say things like, oh, we're going to be together forever. I, I would like that. I think and, and hope for that, but you just, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Right. Um, so many things could happen. So, and that's not, I'm open to, it's, it's not a bad thing to say that. And I'm not saying that I don't want to be with this person, but I just don't use the word forever. Yeah. Forever is a long time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is. Right. And you know, it's kind of funny. You and I, Kristen, you were talking about how we've had, you know, we're serial entrepreneurs and we've had, we have had plenty of jobs and different things that we, because we want to challenge ourselves. So I always thought the notion of being in a relationship forever, or when you think about marriage, I mean, my parents have only been married to each other and they've been married for a really long time. I always just thought, how could you possibly be with somebody forever? 
and not get bored. Like to me, the concept, and I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in marriage, but to me, the concept of that just was, was a lot. So I definitely am not, I mean, I think marriage is great and I would like to be married one day, but it is just kind of a crazy concept, you know, the idea of forever. Yeah, it definitely is. It is, it is crazy. And I was thinking about this the other day is that uh, a lot of people will criticize that our generation, you know, doesn't value marriage as much as previous generations did. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's just, it's more of. Or we're looking for the like, new best thing because we're inclined to, because of technology, we're immediate satisfaction type of generation. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be that, but it also can be something else. It can be like when you, you learn and grow and change, you might not still like identify with that person. Right. As much, you know, and, and I think that's okay. You know, you don't have to, to stay, you know, stuck if you don't want to, but I mean, obviously if you value your, your commitment and you, you should, it's, it's, it's amazing, but there's something to be said about forever. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's just interesting. You know, nothing's right or wrong. Just an interesting thing to ponder, but um, we will go into this week's topic. But first I want to ask you, Kristen, um, what kind of people do you think are listening to our podcast or that what's your ideal clientele that you want to be listening to your, to our podcast? Who do you think would find value or interest in this? What I think for me, if, if I had a podcast like this, when I was just kind of first starting to dabble in personal development, I think I would like, I would like to have a podcast like this. That's what I'm kind of hoping is people that are looking for more, looking to maybe challenge themselves or learn something more about themselves, that this would be a perfect place for that because we are really raw and authentic and non-judgmental. And I just, I just think that would be like the ideal person, person, someone that's ready, ready for more and ready to understand themselves and, and grow and get out of their comfort zone. That's, that's the kind of person that I, I would hope is listening. Right. I, I would agree because I don't think we're like a cookie cutter, you know, podcast. I think it's people that have an interest in human interest stories that are also, mm -hmm. you know, like because we do um, dive into different things. So I think it's somebody that is really interested in that, but also kind of likes a little mystery. So, yes. I think, you know, so I think it's definitely a, a certain type of person. But um, yeah, there's just people's stories are so like I always especially psychology-based, what interests me the most about it is I'm always interested to know why a person acts the way that they act. Because if you think about it, everyone makes decisions for the most part um, geared towards what they think is the right thing to do. But not everybody can be right about everything all of the time, right? There's right, right and wrong, black and white, all these things. So, you know, they're making this decision based on they believe that they're correct, but it's based on their own personal story, what they've been through, their experiences, that's how they're making decisions today. Right, exactly. So it's basically whatever your core belief system is, is what you feel is right. And you're going to act and behave and your actions will be based on to basically validate your, your belief system. And the belief system comes from programming as you're growing up, really. Right. I agree. So interesting. Yes. Oh, Kristen, before we dive into this week's topic, and I'll let you 
I'll let you um, go from there. I will also say one more thing about last week's episode when I was listening to it back. So I was talking about when I went to this organic farm in Pennsylvania and I got to live there for- Yes, I love that story. In exchange for work. So if any of you guys don't know this, I'm not quite sure if it's it's still 100% viable, but this is something that I really looked into a few years ago, but it's a website called Woof, W-O-O-F, and it's basically a website where you can search out different farms in the United States where they offer the same type of thing that I experienced. So they offer room on board in exchange for work. So this was a really popular website back then. I I believe it's still around, but that's, I've always loved that concept also. It is such a cool concept because you're really, you're gaining experience and knowledge and friendships and also have a place to live. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Right. And it's, it's really good for travelers too, is kind of how they were promoting it. So say if you're somebody that's, that's working your way through the U S or like you're backpacking or, you know, you're, you're doing your own nomad thing and you could look up different farms along the way, especially if you're interested in that kind of thing too, you could look up places along your journey and that cuts your travel costs down. If you want to think about it that way, and then you get that experience, you get to meet people. So it seemed so awesome. Like I, I never, you know, I had my own experience with it, but that seems like it'd be great for couples, maybe even one person if they're, if, you know, they're not, if they're not scared, you know, if they look look into a little bit more to make sure you're safe and all that. But yeah, I always love that. Yeah. It's really cool. And it'd be cool. Like to, if you did that and have like a network of people that do the same thing and. Oh yeah. 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 I love it. All right. Well, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm so excited that you picked this. So the, the topic is called Green Lights for Friends. So we kind of hear red flags for things to look for, but I like right. this, that it's the green lights. It's, what, it's the positive that you want to look for. And I just, got, I just got back from the most incredible weekend. So I, had a, I went to a retreat conference for the business that I do, and it was 1,400 people all like-minded, basically 16 hours straight of personal development and growth and trainings. It was incredible. So we talk about friendship. That, that was 1,400 people of people that I want to go through this kind of checklist thing that check all these boxes. And it was just so awesome to be together, finally be able to hug each other again. And it was fantastic. So I loved it. And I love that this is the topic because I, I just got off at this like friendship high. Nice. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So you sent, so you sent me kind of a checklist that I really like, and I'm just going to go through what's on here and what's, what to look for in, in a friend that's going to be a true, good, authentic friend. That's going to be good for you. Good for your growth. Good for, for your soul. And then as I'm going through this, think about the friends in your life. Do they check off these boxes? Because you really need to look at who you're surrounding yourself with. And if they're not doing these things, then maybe it's not worth spending so much energy with those people because they, you will become like the people you surround yourself with, as we know. Absolutely. So, okay. I'm just going to start unless you have something more to say first. No, I, I guess I was just going to say that, that some of the things you would almost think that well, well, of course, if they're my friend, why wouldn't they check off all these positive things on, on a list, right? But that's not always the case, you know? And I mm-hmm. think that it's going to kind of make you realize too, maybe you 
hopefully have friends that are on a deeper level connected to you, support you. That's not going to be everybody. You know, for me, I have the same like two best friends. I mean, mostly just (laughs) one best friend that I've had forever, you know, for like 15 years, you know, and I have a lot of business friends and relationships like that, but really only a handful of very, very close friends because not everybody does check off all these things we're going to talk about. Right. And I'm the exact same way. I've always kept a small circle, a large network, but a small circle is what I, I've always done. And I really like that. But I mean, sometimes people get added in, they get taken out, all that. But I think you got to keep a, a close circle of really close friends. And then I'll always looking and branching out to find, you know, new friends that can kind of fit the mold, I suppose. All right, so I'm gonna go through the checklist. And then if anything stands out to you, just jump in and say whatever comes to mind. So the first one is um, that they're open to receiving feedback. So this is, this is important. So if you can actually give your opinion and they don't get upset with you or shut down. Right. And you would think that's like a given, like you're my friend, I could speak truthfully, but, but it's not you guys. And, it's and not. I, yeah. And I, a lot of these things on this checklist, I'm sure they will, things will come to me because I experienced something as of late in a business venture where I thought some people were my friends and was pretty much blindsided by, by the actions of these people. So I'll say one thing about this, that I really, really value in a friend. So my best friend ever, her name is Brooke. So I remember when we were even, maybe we were just more forward thinkers as friends even back then. But I remember when we were in high school, we were just not getting along about something. And we were like, you know what? Let's just sit down. You tell me all the things you don't like about me. And I'll tell, like, we were very real with each other. The airing of grievances. Yeah. And I'll tell you everything that I don't, that I find annoying about you and let's just talk about it and get over it. And we did that. We sat there on like, remember on the kitchen floor for like 30 minutes and talked about stuff. And then we moved on and, and that was it. And like, you should be able to kind of be that raw. What's, I mean, for you to literally sit there and tell somebody, you know, this, I'm not really, I don't really like this thing about you or you tend to That's do funny. this sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But our friendship was so strong anyway at that point that we knew we could do that. And she's very interested in psychology too. We knew we could do that and move past it. It wasn't going to hurt our relationship. If anything, it was just going to make it just a little bit more real, just air out your stuff and move on. Yeah. And if you, if you have friends that don't call your BS, you got to find some different ones because you got to have people that are willing to be open and honest with you about what they see and observe and just because they love you, you know, if if people don't call you out on your stuff, like, I don't know how much they care about you, to be honest. Right. Or even if someone who only wants your attention or your friendship so that you can feed into their ego all the time. But then once, yes. you, once you say one thing that you don't disagree with them or something where you're like, mm, not sure about that. And then they're so upset. Like, that's not the way it should work. No, not at all. That's not, that's not true friendship. All right. right. I'm going on. So the next one was that they're, that they're honest. So obviously that mm-hmm. that's a big one. 